Warning, the following contains audio of two good friends attempting to discuss music with no qualifications whatsoever. No one asked for this, but you're going to get it. There will be shitty hot takes, terrible opinions, and impressions done poorly. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, one and all. We're back again here at the Broodbook in Davenport, Iowa. It is time for your favorite part of your Friday afternoons, evenings, days, lives, whenever you're listening to this. It's time for music. Maria. And also Drake. Woohoo! Drake is back from touching grass, back from the great beyond. We're happy to have you. How are you, friend? I'm all right. It's been a uh, it's been a long week, so I'm you know, excited to get back on track. So, how are you doing? I'm doing nifty. Uh, I was just talking to you off the record about how the lovely establishment of the Brood Book has a dupe of the Cranberry Bliss Bars from Starbucks because there are no morals under capitalism. So I'm like, heck yeah, I will gladly give my money to this fine establishment that houses our wonderful podcast any time of the week. So if you're listening to this and they still have some here, I put it on Facebook. I spread the word. Come and get you one. They are delicious. I already had one before Drake got here. I'm contemplating getting another one. Will I have diabetes? Probably, but it's worth it. I don't know. I don't know. We're just we're just vibing. But anyways, today, oh, we should have started with our shitty British accents. Missed opportunity. Oh, well, it's fine. <laughs> in case, right, right. So in case you didn't listen to the episode before Drake departed on his great and grand journey, uh, today, we will be discussing two albums from our favorite silly little Brits. We're going to be talking about some British music. Very excited because I did enjoy the thing that you give me, gave me, grammar, gave. The thing you g- gave into me, given to me, gave me. <laughs> you have given me, but you gave me. Great. I'm glad we figured this out <laughs> while we're recording. Fantastic. Doing fabulous. Um. With that said, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts because I actually went back and listened to the album that I gave you as well because I hadn't listened to it in full in like a hot minute. It's been a couple years at least. And man, I was just like, this is such a great album too. So the fact that I got the time while you were away to not only listen to the album you gave me several times, but the fact that I got to relive the fondness that I have for the album that I gave you too, it's pretty sweet. Um, I don't think I have any mini game today, so I think we can just get into it if you're feeling up to it, feeling jazzy. Yeah, let's let's get into it. So for Drake, I gave him the album Disc Hyphen Ovary, which he found very disconcerting, <laughs> which is basically Discovery. That's how you would say it. But uh, Discovery by Tiny Tampa. It was uh, an album that was released within the 2010s, I say, was it 2011, 2012, 2010. So, you know, tomato, tomato. It's a great album. It's got a lot of funky beats. It's very electronic facing. So it's very much a departure from, I think, the typical hip hop that you've listened to so far. So I'm really excited to hear what you think, not only because I really enjoyed this album. I think Tiny Tempa is very underrated, but just the general turn that this album took in relation to other things you've listened to yeah what did you think so before i get into it i'm actually really happy you told me how you say that guy's name again because you told me when we discussed this uh but then i looked at it again because i hadn't looked at it in like you know the week because i I usually listen to the or the album the week leading up to the 
recording. Um, and I looked at the name and I was like, I have no idea how to pronounce that at all. So it is tiny tempa. I got that right. Okay. That is, so is that right out of the gate? Is that a British thing? Did he spell it like that for a specific reason? I imagine just in like hip hop in general, you know how hip hop is with their spellings. They like to get funny and funky with it. And then plus, I think just the spelling like phonetically, I think it allows you to have like a British accent with it if you wanted to like tiny tempa. And he is, as I'm sure you heard throughout the album, very British. His, uh, he shouted out his album, uh, his album, Jesus Christ. He shouted out his record label several times throughout this. And that record label was Disturbing London. And I think that is also just inherently a very British phrase. So hearing this man being like, Disturbing London. I'm like, yes, I am feeling so British right now. Where's my beans and toast? Let's go absolutely so yeah tiny tampa if you do want to attempt to make a british accent feel free but yeah that's just my general analysis of the mythology of his name <laughs> no that makes sense it was it's actually kind of funny you mentioned like him how he speaks too because he reminded me since you're wearing the shirt we love the show ted lasso he reminds me of isaac from the show ted lasso and just how he says things not as strong an accent not nearly but sorry i'm gonna keep getting on this tangent here but what accent is that what, what is that called that like isaac has and it's kind of similar to what he has i'm gonna consult our trusty friend google but yeah go ahead and speak on maybe your first impressions just general and then i will interject once i find the answer that sounds perfect um so the intro was great uh we love good intros here on this podcast and i thought this was a great one for a very different reason as well because there's a lot of um heavy metal bands well not a lot of but like symphony x is a band that i hope we get into at some point and they do a lot of intro tracks where it just bleeds in to the next track which i think is just super duper cool um and like so much so that i still don't know exactly where the intro ends and simply unstoppable begins that's how good it is and how seamless it flows into the track which i is a huge high mark to start the album um and speaking of the next song, that's also one of my favorite tracks, uh, Simply Unstoppable. Um, is that the one, because um, I think you mentioned Skylar Gray was on this album, or um, did I make that up? No, you definitely made that up. And then also, just because I knew you were going to ask about it, because I know how much you love your lady voices, uh, title actually, thankfully, even though she's not credited on like, I think you're on Spotify, right? It just has him as Tiny Tampa, right? So I looked it onto on uh, title, because I was like, I know how much Trick loves his lady voices and he's going to ask me who this is and I didn't want to come unprepared. So they actually have it on title on who it is. So let me go ahead and just take a gander real quick. And she also has her own page on title. So I assume she has her stuff on Spotify as well. If you want to check her out, uh, it is Vanya Taylor. That is. Yeah. So Vanya's killing it on simply unstoppable. Is that the same person throughout the whole album? Cause I know there's like a repeat, like there's a lot of female vocals on the album too. Is that just, her all the time i don't believe so uh because the only other ladies on the album are credited like esther dean ellie golding who were both fairly successful within the 2010s as well in their own right so i would say it's very interesting that vanya did not get a credit feature but she's on and she's also listed as a producer for the song too so maybe that was her just prerogative she was like you can have this but good for her no that is really cool it is hard for me to tell i don't know why it's so hard for me to tell like guest vocalists from the like the main vocalist or and like in this case like guest vocalists from other guest vocalists because i feel like they 
try to keep it pretty similar so like when they play these songs live they can still do it um because i know i just i've been listening to demon hunter recently too and they have some guest vocalists on there and they're always pretty similar to the main guy so i think that's on purpose but regardless um she did do a great job um i think uh the next song that really grabbed me too was uh till i'm gone and was that i think that was the first thing i'd ever heard with uh wiz khalifa in it i've heard that name a few times in the past i mean just in the genre in general and uh yeah i thought he did great on that song too yeah absolutely and i'm actually really happy that this was a song that kind of introduced you to Wiz Khalifa because he's somebody I've also been wanting to talk about on the pod for a while he's somebody I really enjoyed growing up in high school you might have maybe heard of him from that song that was really popular it was called like black and yellow I think I think maybe the Steelers used it at one point because he's from that area so that's where the black and yellow comes from so that is Wiz Khalifa he he blew up I think for like the general sense in terms of if anybody didn't know anything about hip hop, that would be the one thing that he's known for. for yeah. Sure. I 100% uh, know that song. So that was a very popular song at one point. And I think you're right. It was used for like sports and stuff too. Cause I mean, every Pittsburgh team has the same color coordination. So. And the next song I really liked was, uh, so addicted here featuring Bay major. I assume. Again, it's it's hip hop with the funny spellings. It's just B major, like the key, but he just spells it funny for whatever reason. Yeah, it looks very intimidating because it's spelled all kinds of funny. It's spelled B E I M A E J O R, which like okay, but he's great. I enjoy him a lot. B major is just yeah. It's I think going forward too with like a general rule of thumb in hip hop, it's just a lot simpler than you think. Even though they try to get funny with it. <laughs> It's yeah, that's a that's just something I have to get used to with like I guess the dialect of rap because I mean it's kind of similar with heavy metal because a lot of these overly satanic bands will use like they'll spell of o f like o v so like they have these silly little spellings too so it's not like it's just exclusively this but yes I do I enjoyed that song as much as uh, I'm backtracking here now uh, pass out was another one because they're just super duper catchy I think they have very catchy cor- choruses. Uh, which is something that's throughout the album. It's very catchy throughout. And the next song that grabbed me was uh, Written in the Stars, which, uh, oh, I couldn't remember it, because I know it was on a WrestleMania, but uh, I'm sure you remember it. Which WrestleMania was that from? WrestleMania 27. 27. Yeah, it was at uh, the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Georgia. So I got the one confused with the one from next year, the year following. Yeah, there we go. We got there. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I did enjoy that track because, I mean, it was just, it was nostalgic. Like, as soon as I heard it, it was like, oh, yeah, WrestleMania season, that's fun. Um, but it is a good track, too, just in general. So, um, Frisky, the one after it, was uh, actually one that did grab me, which was a little interesting because I feel like lyrically that song is just kind of, like, not one that I'd get into. But I thought, like, the, uh, how do I want to say it? Not really the beat, but, like, the electronic thing at the start that he uses, like, I don't think it's called synth, but it's whatever that electronic thing that he used was. That built a nice atmosphere to open things up, um, which I enjoyed a lot. Definitely. And I think just with the production of this whole album in terms of like the beats and the way it sounds before he even starts rapping, I think it really lends itself to creating like what you're going to expect going forward. And also to go back to what we talked about previously, uh, it looks like Isaac McAdoo. He is, has a Mancurian accent, which is tied to people who live in Manchester. That makes sense. Yeah. And Tiny Tampa, he is from the Aylesbury Estate, which is in southeast London. Um, it didn't really give me much other than southeast London. So I looked up other accents around that area. 
the closest thing I found was Cockney, which is mainly referred to EastEnders born within, you know, the bells of the Bow Church. But it began to become associated with all working class Londoners, especially those living in the south and east of the city. So is Tiny Tempa Cockney? I would not say that, but he is just from South London. Okay. That's clear as mud. You're welcome. <laughs> it is. It's funny you say Cockney because I was gonna guess that, but I, I didn't, and now I just I blew the moment. So whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I will say the album finished off very strongly too with the last three tracks. Uh, Love Suicide is a really good one. Um, I think the very best song is Wonder Man on this album. I very very much enjoyed that. I. It's it's just very catchy and it just has. It's one of those rare songs that I felt myself like really singing along to and having a good time with it. Um, yeah, I just thought they did such a good job with it, like production-wise, music-wise, lyrically, uh, vocally. So that was my favorite. And then also, it's kind of a shame that that song was so good because as much as I enjoyed Let Go, it's kind of like when you said uh, with the Soil Work album that like the very first track was just like it was so good that it kind of like overshadowed the rest of it a little bit. That's kind of how I felt with that track. But I did also enjoy Let Go a lot because that was a nice uh, like a, a mid or mid-ish pace uh, ending to the album, which I do enjoy, which is something that a lot of metal bands will do. Um, I think it's a good way to end an album as opposed to just trying to do too much or trying to be too aggressive or anything like that. So yeah, I do think the ending of the album was very, very strong. And I mean, in total, the album was very good. Um, at 13 songs, it felt like a breeze, honestly. So yeah, thank you for uh, sharing this one with me. Yeah, absolutely. And two questions just to kind of follow up with you regarding your thoughts. One, did you also get the immediate like wave of nostalgia once written in the stars came on because as soon as it came on for me when i really listened to it, i like turned it up and i was like yeah when i was a young child full of hope and ambition and it was wrestlemania time again and i thought that song was just like it was perfect for a wrestlemania kind of event it really evoked that feeling of it being like a big deal and i just love how music can kind of evoke those feelings back in india just from hearing a song and being like man that was a great time so yeah i just wanted to know if you also had the same feeling when you heard it because it was on this album Oh yeah, I absolutely did. It's um like you said it's very impressive how music can bring us back to a certain place in time and gosh, I could probably not listen to a wrestling theme song or like wrestling song used for a pay-per-view and if I hear it, I'll just immediately get brought back to it. Um like I know that's how I'm not like this with this song, but that's how a lot of people are with my sacrifice from Creed. That'll send them back. But I I knew that song beforehand. But like even still, like that song is a really good example of that whole phenomenon. Absolutely, that's awesome. And then I know you're a guy who likes lyrics, and I know you're like a guy who finds deeper meanings in things. Did you find any song on this album to like stand out lyrically for you that you were like, oh, that was interesting, or that was like a fun wordplay or anything like that? Because I have one, but and if you don't have one, that's fine. But I just wanted to touch base and get your notes before I shared mine. Yeah. So I, when I when we started the podcast, it's been a long week. So it's been kind of hard for me to focus on things. So I don't think I grabbed onto the lyrics too much on this one, unfortunately. But I do remember Love Suicide sticking out to me just in general for like the topic it was talking about. Um, but again, I didn't like, I guess, go too deep into it. So I don't really know exactly what it was about. So I don't want to just speak erroneously over here. <laughs> Just being like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Proceeds to not know what he's talking about. That's what we have the disclaimer for at the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, in that case, I did want to just touch on my favorite 
kind of lyric scheme from the album because not so much that like oh this is super deep and this means so much to me and no i just think the wordplay is really cool and i think tiny tempo's flow can be a little bit underrated in terms of other rappers because you know there's so many that it like exist in the ethos that are good lyricists that have good flow but specifically if i may uh direct the listeners to pause and listen to miami to ibiza from that album tiny tempo's discovery the first verse off of the song i think is the thing that just impressed me because of course you have like the swedish house mafia who's like an edm group to kind of provide the backing for that so but once he really gets into it it's just it flows like honey and it was just so amazing to watch somebody at work like that so for the listeners at home i pulled up the lyrics just real quick so i don't butcher them but just to kind of explain how cool this is just from like the rhyming standpoint and how it kind of flowed together he just came up with a whole bunch of acronyms that really flowed together and i thought that was really interesting where he's like she said she likes my watch but she wants steve's ap which is another watch she stays up all hours watching qvc and she says she loves my songs she bought my mp3 so then i put her number in my bold bb and i'm like this is so great for the time especially like blackberries <laughs> who uses a blackberry these days and so it just brought me back too i was like man and then he just continues like, I got a black BM, she got a white TT, she want to see what's hiding in my CK briefs. So I tell her, wear some suspenders and some PVC, and then I'll film it all on my JVC, which is a camcorder. Like, who uses camcorders either? Like, this is perfect, just for like the time period. And yeah, just acronyms, bars, the man. <laughs> Go listen to it, it's great. Well, all right, now we're going to go into my silly little Brit action over here, which I could have picked any band, but these were the first guys I thought of. And I think I, I actually looked this because like you, I had listened to this album for the first time in a while today before I came here. And I saw this was only a 32 minute album, which I am certain is the shortest album I've ever given you. So yeah, it's a, it's a really skinny album. It's 10 songs. It's the debut album from Royal Blood titled Royal Blood. And I think it's fantastic, and I'm very excited to hear what you think. Absolutely. I'm very excited to talk about this, because I think, honestly, I don't know if this is a testament to Royal Blood as a band, or just the general kind of music that they're playing, but this is the first album, I think, that you've given me that I've listened to, like, over three times. Like, I listen to it just a bunch. Maybe also in part because it's so short, so it's easy for me to just listen to it again and again. But then... Clearly, I would not listen to something that I don't enjoy. So there's also a testament to that as well. Uh, first off, the first impressions that I got from this album were great. I think when you can have a good impression for somebody that knows nothing about you, has never heard you a day in your life, has never heard of you, that's like peak stuff. And I think of all the albums that you've given me so far that like the opening line of the first track was probably like the hardest thing that I have heard in a minute so it's basically you know some instruments some guitar some like da -da 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 -da. it's very like arctic monkeys sounding not because they're both British but just in tonality <laughs> and guitar I promise I know more British rock bands than arctic monkeys <laughs> but right off of the gate from that instrumentation he just says 
how did it feel when it came alive and took you out of the black? I'm like, that is so hard. I was like, I feel kind of threatened, but I also feel kind of intrigued. Like, okay, what took me? What out of the black? So then it just really demanded my attention. Because, like, you can listen to things idly. And as I've spoken about on this podcast, sometimes I'll be listening to the things in the car. Sometimes I'll be listening to things while working. Sometimes I'll be listening to things while I'm doing things around the house. And so for this immediate line to just right out the bat just be like hey I was like okay I'm here I'm gonna stop everything that I'm doing I guess and just listen to this yeah so absolutely great 10 out of 10 great impression and then going forward we have come on over great song I think too if I can pull up my notes here that I had that time where I would have a favorite song and then it would get replaced by another song as I kept listening to it. So like out of the black, I was like, this is great. This is definitely my favorite song. And then Come On Over came on and I was like, oh man, now this one is my favorite song. And then finally, and I think I landed on this. I was going back and forth when I was driving over here. I think Figure It Out is going to be my favorite song on that album. I was thinking about the other ones, especially the song at the end, but I'll get to that. I don't want to jump here, there, and everywhere. I know uh, Figure It Out is a very fun song for me because that's you were talking about one of those songs that like is placed on like a wrestling pay-per-view or whatever this song was actually used in gotham that show on uh fox uh in like season one or two and when i heard it i was like oh man that's so cool like it's just one of those moments where you just you don't expect to hear especially the music i listen to on like something that popular so that's actually just a really cool fun fact about that song I love that. I love when you can hear things that you enjoy in other mediums that you enjoy. Because I know you said how you enjoy Gotham, the TV show, and you recommend it to anybody who asks, even though it's not really about Batman. But that's that's a conversation for a whole nother time. We're not going to get into that. But I really thought that, especially in terms of figure it out, it reminded me of another British band called Palais Royale. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they sound a lot like these gentlemen. So I feel like you'd like them. It's spelled P-A-L a y e royale yeah and they're silly little brits and they do like fun funky tunes as well um they got recommended to me by title shout out to title please sponsor me (laughs) Uh, i got recommended to them by title after i was listening to youngblood who we had mentioned on this podcast machine gun kelly adjacent act sweet little brit boy light of my life and so it was great that i had gotten recommended to them by title and then by fate alone because i don't look up openers and stuff like that when i went to see young blood in indianapolis a couple years ago they were opening for young blood so it was like a nice little full circle moment so yeah palais royale they're really cool gentlemen uh and yeah figure it out definitely gave me those vibes so i think that's also why i gravitated to these folks so heavily being royal blood and with that said going forward i just had a great time like for the next song (laughs) you can be so cruel it is so groovy like but the song title being so bleak and dreary you would think okay like we're at the peak we're gonna come down no it's just groovy the whole time and i was just like sitting there getting down and (laughs) i wrote in my notes and i quote this makes me want to shake my flat ass sorry to those who assumed because i'm hispanic that i am well endowed i am not i am i'm unfortunate i just quit doing my squats and then it went away sorry but yeah groovy shaking the asses ass or not we're shaking i'm really glad you enjoyed this track as much as you did though because this is one of my favorite tracks on the whole album i think one of the reasons why is um in the chorus the vocalist um 
has a styling to it that I will not try to emulate. But if you have not heard it, it's a really good chorus. He has like a really high register on it. And it's just the way he um, enunciates the words. There we go. Um, yeah, it's super good. And on that note, too, I actually wanted to mention this, too. Um, the vocalist. There's only two members of this band. Uh, were you going to get into that? I'll save that then. No worries. I was going to say, oh, I know. Because with that vocal registration and just, I think, his performance around like the entire album going forward, I just had to know. Like I was raptured. I was enamored. I was taken with the spirit. <laughs> and I wrote down in my notes as I was listening, because I like to take my notes as I'm listening. So it's like a stream of consciousness. I find that if I try to take notes after I've listened, they're one, not as funny. Two, don't pop me as much. And three, <laughs> probably not as insightful as if I were just in the moment. So then, as the album progressed, we went on to Blood Hands and Little Monster. And I wrote, who is my new favorite person? I gotta know. And then I Googled it on the Google machine. And I was like, oh, Mike Kerr. And I was like, Mike Kerr, can we get married? I make a great brief stroganoff, Mike. <laughs> like what's up Mike <laughs> and so I also looked up a picture of him and I was like man this looks like a gentleman who I would make poor decisions with I probably would not let him ruin my credit but maybe for an evening I'd let him ruin my life and so going forward since we are talking about the <laughs> the I'm just thirsting over Mike Kerr now it's fine this is what this is turning into it's him and then another gentleman that make up Royal Blood. And I found that it was really interesting that on top of being the vocalist, Mike Kerr is also one of the guitarists. And I noticed when I Googled him that he is known for making his acoustic sound like an electric. And I'm like, what kind of wizardry? So on top of this, you're also a wizard, Mike? <laughs> what? <laughs> and so that's fantastic. Um, Going into my deep dive while I listened to this a million and two times, I also found a really funny article that made me laugh. I have to find it and read you some excerpts because I was reading it and I was like, what is this? Because obviously you enjoy Royal Blood. I'm enjoying Royal Blood for the time being. So when I found this article, it's probably like the top article when you search for Mike Kerr. So I don't know what that says about him, but this is the article title. Thank you, Royal Blood, for heralding the death of real music. And I'm like, this is so aggressive. And so I was like, okay, what's the tea about Mike? Who did he piss off? Uh, Laura Snapes, apparently, who wrote this article. She was not happy with him. It was during their performance at BBC Radio 1's Big Weekend in Dundee. Apparently, Mike Kerr came onto the stage to like a lukewarm reaction from the crowd, assuming probably because nobody really knows or whatever. And he says, and I quote, well, I guess I should introduce ourselves, seeing as no one actually knows who we are. And then he continues, we're called Royal Blood, and this is rock music. Who likes rock music? And he got a little like, woo, yeah. So then he continued, and apparently that wasn't enough for Mike. He goes, nine people, brilliant. And then he introduces the drummer, whose name is Ben Thatcher, the other member of Royal Blood, who is just swigging tequila straight from the bottle in the back of the stage. They're just <laughs> having a day. <laughs> and so then... Mike continues to berate the crowd and he goes, see, we're even having to clap for ourselves because that was so pathetic. What does that say about you? And then <laughs> he asked them before flipping the bird and storming off. <laughs> okay. So hence the, I rescind my proposal, Mike, but it does not mean that I would 
not allow you to at least have an evening. So <laughs> there's there's where we at. Seems like he's got a little bit of a temper, perhaps by this. But uh, Laura Snapes, who wrote this article, proceeds to go. Royal blood's entitlement is self-evident, though it stems from an era where making major-level death from above 1979 knockoffs was enough to land you on the cover of NME four times, not to mention the small matter of sharing management with Arctic Monkeys, who is, by the way, far more bankable and increasingly hard to get as a cover star. It's like, oh, damn, Laura, okay. So that's a lot I just unloaded on you. I'll, just, I'll let you speak your piece while I'm fanning myself. Yeah, I never uh, read that story. I don't know much about the lives of these two gentlemen, so that's uh, interesting. <laughs> See, because when he brought that article up first, I thought it had something to do with their second album because as you go progress with this band, they don't sound like this. They still sound like it, but they brought in like, elements of disco in the next album so i thought that's what that was going to be talking about at first uh i don't like it as much as i do the original album but um i'm going to be that guy for a change i'm normally not but the first album is the best for royal blood but uh yeah i did not expect that story at all that you just gave me so i just need to know for science sake would you be one of the nine people clapping for mike or would you be one of the people that he's berating i need to know so before I uh, answer this, you said that he did not introduce the band before they came out. They just walked on stage and they were like, what the hell? No, apparently they came on stage and it was just kind of like a golf clap. So then he's like, well, I guess we got to introduce ourselves again since you don't clearly know who we are. I'm Mike and this is Royal Blood. Who likes rock music? And then they're like, Ooh. and he's like, great. Nine people here. Fucking fantastic. Thanks, guys. It's very much like if we want to equate this to wrestling terms. You're like wrestling at a show and you don't really get a pop when you come out. So then you try to hit him with the come on, let's go. And you get like two people that are like, yeah. So he's like, fucking great. The crowd here is fantastic. So very much being upset about that, that he's not getting the people. So I wouldn't have clapped the first time because I'm going to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't recognize him if they didn't come out with like a banner behind them or if they didn't even say who they were, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably clap the second time. So I don't think he'd be angry at me, but... <laughs> I wouldn't have clapped the first time, probably, if he just walks out on stage and he's like, what the hell? Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you look like. I don't look at your face, Mike. Don't worry, Mike. I looked at your face. I enjoy your face. I also did some investigating. I mean, like, very, like, low-tier investigating, because he's not very active on social media. I don't think he has, like, an Instagram or anything like that. He has, like, a banned Instagram, but nothing personal. Last time I seen him with a lady was in 2020, so there may be hope for me after all. Who's to say? We just don't know. But... Mike Kerr, hit me up if you want some of that sweet brief stroganoff. And I don't mean that as a euphemism. Yeah. I genuinely made beef stroganoff from scratch the other day, and it came out really fucking good. So, Gordon Ramsay who? Me. That's who. That's impressive. I'm proud of you. But also, it needs more beans if you're going to try to get a Brit to come hang out with you, right? Dang, you're right. <sighs> well, to round this off, this thirst fest, we got so off the, so off the rails so quickly. The ending of the album came very quickly because I wasn't expecting this to be such a skinny album, which again is a good compliment to the band. When Better Strangers finished up, I had to like go to title and be like, is it done? Because then it just stopped. And I was like, oh, okay. So my closing thoughts were in all caps, attitude, sauce, so intrigued. Where are you at, Mike? <laughs> and that's it. So thank you for sharing this with me. I had a great time both enjoying the music and also objectifying men. <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs>
So we're going to do something fun here to end the year off. I'm excited about this one. Um, I listen to more new music than Maria does here, but we decided that if she can find five albums across, like just as recent as she can be, we can do this because I have like five albums. I've been just dying to give her because they're bands that I haven't discussed with her yet. And I haven't really found a way to put them in into the podcast and like a topic. So I'm figuring this is a fun way to do it. So we will count down the end of the year here with our five, uh, well, for me personally, my five favorite albums from this year, and then five of the most recent albums that Maria likes. So we'll start out here. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, Catatonia's uh, Sky Void of Stars. I've been trying to get into these guys for a minute, and they finally, they released an album this year, and I sat down with it, and it's just, it's one of those albums that just like really gets better each and every time. It has a really beautiful cover. I think you just pulled it up. Yeah, super nice. So that's the one I want to start out with here, and I uh, I hope you enjoy it a lot, because it, it is very good. It's very uh, gothic, and the vocalist is really good. I like him a lot, so I'm excited to hear what you think. I think that's a great idea, and I'm really excited to do that. Yeah, as Drake had mentioned, I'm, I feel like I'm a very like old person set in their ways and being like, I listen to what I listen to. And if that's the same five albums on repeat, then goddamn it, so be it. But that's not to say that I don't open myself up to new things and new experiences, because there have been a couple of albums come out this year that I've enjoyed. And so with mine being a little bit more of a general, like, I enjoyed that this year. I don't really have a ranking, but... I love that for you. <laughs> I love it. I'm very excited that you're excited because I'm happy to give you this album, mainly because I think it's like also merged in a little bit of controversy. Nothing like terribly problematic like the Iced Earth or the, the TI episodes that we've had, but more so just like the person is very interesting. So, and it, this is an album that came out pretty recently. I want to say like as early as maybe a month ago. So like still very fresh. I listened to it as soon as it came out and I really enjoyed it despite the person being a little bit of a polarizing figure in music right now. So for that, I will be giving you Scarlet, which is spelled S-C-A-R-L-E-T. And it is by Doja Cat, who is another lady in rap. And she's a lot of fun. Uh, She's had a lot of top 40 hits here in the last couple of years, so you might know of her. But I think this album, at least from a hip-hop perspective, is like a love letter to hip-hop. I really enjoyed it for just the elements of hip-hop like if you completely shed away all like the controversies and all like the weird crazy things that she's done and like she's just been like weird of like just putting like sideways things on twitter and instagram like there was uh one instance where i guess she was trying to cancel herself by coming at her own fans because her name is doja cat obviously so her fans are like oh we're the kittens and we're so cute and on twitter i think it was she was like why the fuck y'all calling yourselves kittens you're weird as hell corny as hell stop that and so they were like really offended by that they're like but we're your fans and we love you and she's like no shut the fuck up (laughs) to put it in latterman's terms you know that very much energy but i also get the impression that she's just a very unserious person like she's around the same age that you and i are and she also grew up on the internet in terms of like meme culture edgelord culture shit posting culture so i just assume that everything she posts is a shit post because i feel like maybe people gosh i'm gonna sound so old and i hate myself for it i've I've lived long enough to become the villain Uh, i think that sometimes younger people in terms of like internet culture that weren't around when we were 
take things too literally or take things to heart too quickly to be like oh she hates us cancel her she's telling us to shut the fuck up i'm like no she's probably thinking that she's being funny she's probably thinking that she's popping herself and granted she's done other things that are slightly questionable like i guess i'll just save it for the episode it's fine i can't give you all the juice now but she's a very interesting figure again i don't think she's a bad person i just think she's very intentionally trying to be an edgelord and trying to get rises out of people by doing the most outlandish shit even if it's not in the best taste but again you had to be there in that time of internet culture am i condoning it and excusing it no but i think it's just objectively how i see the situation but anyways uh going back to the music part of it before i round it off i hope you enjoy it (laughs) it's a really fun album there are no features it's just her straight all the way through and she wrote everything I, I believe she helped produce things she's just this is a passion project of hers so mrs cat <laughs> no she's not married yet miss miss cat miss cat <laughs> yes but yeah for right now we hope you enjoy friends have yourself a wonderful rest of your day rest of your evening do you have anything else for the people drake before we bid them adieu yeah i'm uh very happy that i was able to do this with you today um yeah it's good to be slightly back to normal so <laughs> i'm very excited to get into the end of the year stuff and uh one other thing we have planned before the year's over so it's gonna be a lot of fun huzzah all right friends that's all i got <laughs> take care love yourself love the planet bye-bye